once again to the Internet's favorite podcast, The Dumpster Dive, an exploration of cult cinema. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me is my brother and co-host, me. I'm Jordan. And we are here to do what we always do on The Dive. We're always on the hunt for interesting movies, be they cult films, hidden gems, underrated, overrated, blockbusters, or bombs. If we've found something of value in a movie, we'll do a deep dive to find out why it works or why it doesn't. We'll also bring you information about the making of the film, its cast and crew, and behind-the-scenes trivia. And, of course, we watch all different kinds of movies here on The Dive, but since it's October, Mm -hmm. you know we've got to talk horror this episode. I have to, but... (laughs) You can't make us. Do it anyway. We feel feel obligated. No, it's just a coincidence. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, of course we have to do our uh, annual uh, Halloween spooktacular episode, which... I think we can consider this. Uh, So I think we've picked a really good one. Um, We quite literally are doing a Halloween movie. Yes. Okay, so that's a bit of a spoiler for the trailer you're about to hear, which I suppose you've already read in the title and description of the episode. But um, That'd be good to bait and switch it. Let me say ahead of time, I'm glad you chose this one. I, I suspect you and I are kind of on the same plane in terms of... We've talked about this movie before. <laughs> yeah, why we wanted to watch this one. Um, but let's get into it. Um, first, uh, give a listen to this trailer, if you dare. And we'll be back to talk about this spooky movie. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God. Who's going to be next? Ah! Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. Okay, you have just heard the trailer to Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. You almost forgot for a second. That was my dramatic pause. Oh, yes. Because I I assume uh, now our audience is saying, well, that's cool. The Michael Myers Halloween movies are cool, but why why 4 of all the movies? So we'll get into that. Um, I'm actually curious. I think four has kind of built up a little cult following. Has so, it? Yeah. Well, I think then so. it's, it's appropriate for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you want to give a summary of this movie, or do you want me to? Okay. When did you watch it? I watched it last night. Okay. So I watched it this morning. And of course, we've both seen it many times before. Yes. But okay. So this one always confuses in my brain with 
the fifth one. I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to do it. But then I also ended up watching the fifth one. Oh, no. That, like, screwed me up a little Ooh. bit. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. All right. And, but, and then I was also looking at the Halloween timelines. And oh, my, no. And my brain completely fried. Oh, dear. So I feel like you. we maybe should have taken a day. I don't know <laughs> if you're going to be in good shape to do this. It's funny because I wanted to do like a little bit of a deep dive on it. I went Ooh, too deep. I, went like, too I got the bends. Yeah, once you get to the timelines <laughs> and the alternate... Yeah, you know. No, I just like I just like glanced at an alternate timeline one. I was like, okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that, um, that's too much. Yeah, I remember I figured all that out one year. I was like, okay, this in this version, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is dead. It's actually a cool version. little like map. That right, shows. <laughs> right. Like some exist in continuity with others, but yes. they don't all. It's not an unbroken line of and continuity. Halloween three is off a little island. All right. Well, before we get too deep uh, into uh, right, the franchise, I'll, I'll summarize it. I'll let's summarize talk about it. just this movie. Okay. So what's going on in this movie? All right. Well, this picks up right after the second one. Yes. Halloween, so already two. Already it's confusing. <laughs> everybody knows. No, everybody knows the first Halloween movie. Yep. And the second one, which that's, I was just thinking, that's probably the one that I'm least familiar with, Halloween two. Mm-hmm. So I think I've seen that the least. But that's that goes almost hand in hand with the first one. Yep. It picks up like right after that night. Yep. And that one ends. The second one ends with Laurie Strode escaping the hospital and Dr. Loomis killing Michael Myers. In and big, himself. In a big explosion, yes. Which that... Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the way it was supposed to have existed in that particular movie. And then Halloween 3, we're not going to bother explaining that because people know Halloween 3. This one picks up as if Halloween 3 didn't happen. Um, it picks up with Jamie Lloyd, who is... Uh, her niece, um, Laurie Strode's niece. So it's no, her. it's her daughter. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Why? Why did I think niece? Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I watched. <laughs> I watched too many of them. <laughs> okay, you're right. It's her daughter. It picks up ten years later, so it's '88. And her daughter, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, is. Yeah, <laughs> you explain it. Jamie no, no, Lee, you're doing good. Jamie Lee Curtis is dead. They died, her and her husband, person she lives with? Jamie's father. Yeah, Jamie's father are dead. So now Jamie is in a... Yeah, as if it's not confusing enough. Her name is Jamie. I know. I always think that with this. <laughs> I think that always slightly confused me as a kid, too. It's like, oh, wait, no, Jamie Lee Curtis didn't play that character. I was just thinking it's like a sitcom setup. It's mm-hmm. like her parents died, so yeah. now she's living in a foster home. So Laurie Strode's daughter is now living in a foster home. Mm-hmm. With her older sister, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll be the two like main characters. Yes. Then Michael Myers at the same time had been in a coma mm-hmm. that whole entire ten years, mm-hmm. and he somehow finds out he can hear apparently in his coma that. Um, oh, I know why I was thinking it was a niece because he finds out and it's his niece. It's his niece. That's yeah. why I was thinking that. Okay, because yeah, in the <laughs> uh, in the ride over because they're transporting him from the hospital. Mm-hmm. One hospital to another. He's still in a coma, and they think, like, there's nothing. He's just, like, a, veg- a vegetable. Mm-hmm. So then he hears them discuss and say that he has a niece. And he wakes up, and he starts killing everybody. As, and as then, is his want. Yeah, and then basically that is when the movie starts. Right. Like, that's when the story of the movie begins. Right. And then um, Michael Myers is coming for Jamie. And they have to get away from them. That's basically the story of it. 
I mean, the setup it takes way longer to talk about than the story. Right. So that's that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. And um, Doctor Loomis is back. Oh yes, Doctor Loomis is back in his crazy fashion again, mm-hmm. and he's pretty great in <laughs> he's this. He's great in that, but so uh, yeah, he's tracking Michael. So yeah. yeah, you got Jamie in Haddonfield, and Michael Myers. I think they said he was like four miles away or whatever. He's coming towards him. He doesn't really know where she lives, so he's kind of looking for her. And then on Michael Myers' tail is Doctor Loomis. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Loomis is trying to get ahead of him. It's kind of so, like a so very like much a Western almost. very much a back to basics approach yes. after That's Halloween. Kind of what I liked three, a lot about it too. You know, even uh, though like it took me about a half hour to sum it up, but I do like kind of the simplicity. Yeah. Um, and then there's also uh, many people did not return for this. <laughs> In fact, most of the people you mean so fans or the no, I, I mean uh, cast and crew. Oh, yeah. So well, we've already to the we've already established Jamie Lee Curtis is not in this movie. Yes. He's been killed off camera. John Carpenter is long yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, That's I, the behind the scenes thing. This is the first one where he was like, yeah. So no involvement of John Carpenter. Um, Doctor Loomis um, is back. Even though he was at the epicenter of the explosion in the, the second Right. <laughs> the great Donald Pleasance has returned. Um, but everyone else is gone, um, including Sheriff Brackett. Yeah. So there's a new... Uh, it was Charles Cyphers, correct? Um, so there's the a, first one, yeah. Yeah. So there's a new sheriff uh, who Dr. Loomis needs to work with. Um, the sheriff's daughter is kind of like the town... Slut. Yep. Yeah. And uh Which is a town bicycle. <laughs> the Jamie Jamie's older foster sister's boyfriend hooks up with the town slut yeah. who's the sheriff's daughter at one point. So there's a little bit of soap opera Yes. Nonsense lathered well, on top of what is a very simple. Doctor Loomis premise. returning from that explosion with a little yes, constantly changing scar on his face and a cane that he ends up not needing. Oh yeah, like, I was so distracted all, by the scar, I didn't. Re- I forgot about the cane. All that stuff is totally soap opera. Yeah, it's like you're back from the dead. Yeah. So there's there's a lot kind of layered on top of this, um, in contrast to the beautiful minimalism of the original Halloween. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it really is about getting that guy back in the mask, chasing around teenagers in Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Because they realize with Halloween 3, that is what the audience wants. <laughs> so, fuck it, we're just going to give that to them. And this is um, the first time, I think, that the Halloween franchise really embraces itself as a franchise. Yeah. Um, and indeed, all of the many sequels that would follow this film would essentially yeah, adopt this, this kind of that the formula. Um, well, I think we've talked about this movie a lot before, too, and I think what we always say is that this is kind of what you think of when you think of Halloween. Yeah. Setting the original, obviously, aside. Yes. Like, okay, well, let's, that is its own. let's get into this topic and... and Launch it off of this specific question that I have for you. Why did you choose this Halloween film for our Halloween episode? Well, actually, I I knew it had like a little bit of cult following. Okay, and it does. That makes me happy that it does. Yes, yeah, it does. Because I'll say right up front, I I like this film. I have a fondness for this film. Mm-hmm. It's not a great movie. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's why it's kind of funny to discuss. But I'm glad it, it has a cult following, and yeah. that makes me happy. It definitely does. Um, I picked it because 
kind of what you were just explaining there. I think it, it's a good distilled version of the Halloween franchise. They, like, they almost never got it right after that one. Yeah. This one, I think, kind of gets the template right, at least. But like, it sets the elements in there. And a lot of the ones that work in this one are from the original, of course. I'm just trying to, like, not compare it to the original. Yeah. Because it's just not even and, in the same category. all of the sequels can only suffer yeah. by comparison. But in terms of just, like, setting it up, setting up kind of a franchise, even though this, this one does kind of end, it's a pretty good, like, launching pad for what the series would become. Mm-hmm. And also, that ending is a great... It's the best ending that Halloween has ever had. I 100% <laughs> agree. Yeah. It absolutely is. And and like the ending of Halloween 2, it is completely retcon. Well, not completely, yeah. but pretty pretty it retcon. It is once and then it's re-retcon. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they don't they don't follow up on the promise yeah. of the uh, the final scene, but looking at it just as a movie, um, uh, so so far I'm I'm with you 100%. If your job is to make a Halloween movie that will give the fans what we now know they want, which will... Babysitter killers. Yeah, which will possibly be able to keep this going as a franchise. I think um, the people involved in this film accomplished that directive very admirably, Mm -hmm. right? This, This is kind of the best you can do making this kind of Halloween movie. Yeah. Rob Zombie would later do something more interesting... Um, the new Halloween film yes. also does something better and more interesting. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just making a sequel to John Carpenter's Halloween without John Carpenter, without Jamie Lee Curtis, this is kind of the best you can hope for. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Right? I mean, it has those soap opera elements. Like mm-hmm. The other reason that, that I thought of it, I was listening to an interview with Daniel Harris, because I went down like some rabbit hole where I was listening to a bunch of interviews from her, because I really like her. And she does a lot of interviews. She's, I think we've talked about she's her on the podcast before. She's one of the screen queens. She's very That just like, really embraces yes. it. So I, was just, I kept listening to that. And maybe it just seems like it's a cult movie, because... I've heard her talk so much about it at like yeah. conventions and She's stuff. She's like willing so it like, into being a cult movie. Yeah. But it seems like there are a lot of people that are really into it. Like, I think there's something, I don't want to distill it down to just the ending, but I think there's something in that that fans are kind of like, why would you, why did they do that? Or that's pretty good. That would have been an interesting way what to go. What a great twist. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so I, that's the reason why it kind of like popped back up in my mind. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't, uh, we don't need to. It, I don't think it matters for anyone listening to this, but um, we don't need to spoil the ending, but we did forget to mention there there is some kind of suggested psychic bond between the little girl, Dan, yeah. um, Daniel Harris. There's way more of that in this. Right. It's, the, it's, number it's, five. Yeah, they don't really make a big point of it here, but it's, it's subtly suggested in a yeah. few scenes that there's some kind of like psychic connection between Jamie and Michael, mm-hmm. right, uh, which sets up the final scene. Right. There is something that they mentioned, too, at the end that I didn't even pick up on in the commentaries. Um, I think it was with the director, and he was talking about how at the very end, when Michael Myers is, like, laying on the ground, they think he's dead, they hit him with the truck, and Jamie touches him. Yeah. They say, like, that's the transfer of oh, power. Yeah. But, like, I never picked up on that, because mm-hmm. I was just seeing that as, like, like whatever, just something that happened in the movie. Oh, yeah. 
There wasn't really anything mystical to me about it. I, I right. think more of the, about that with the, the well, man in black and the... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, then they lean, lean way hard into that yeah. and, then, and then fall down uh, into it in Halloween 6. <laughs> but, um, but they are psychically connected because when um, Jamie's having nightmares. Yes. And it kind of does, it does a little Nightmare on Elm Street where it blurs the line. Yeah. Like, is this really happening, right. or is this in her mind? And maybe she's heard about Michael Myers, or see. You yeah, know it's not it's, quite clear what she knows. And, and and I mean, I think all this ambiguity—the fact that you didn't necessarily pick up on that transfer of power thing at the mm-hmm. end—I um, think that's deliberate, and I think that's to the strength of the film, and that yeah. they they don't because to this point, putting aside Halloween three, there has not been science fiction supernatural elements to the Halloween franchise. So you could tell that they didn't want to lean too heavily into that. So it's it's very lightly suggested. Any any kind of like psychic supernatural thing going on here. Um, the well, other thing that reminds I think that's the stuff that works the least in the Halloween franchise. Oh, 100%. 100% agree. Maybe I was trying well, to put it out of my brain. And then the other the other thing uh, we forget to mention or we haven't mentioned yet, that I think this one really brings to the franchise that would pretty much remain um, until maybe the, the newest film, is um, Michael's pretty much superhuman at this point. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, That's he's, definitely he without He comes out of a 10-year co- coma. He's supernaturally strong, mm-hmm. indestructible, whereas before, the only thing supernatural about him was just that he was pure evil. But now he seems to be physically... Yeah. He's this more hulking, invincible figure. Right. Uh, much, much He's like more like Jason. Yeah, and and Jason became that over a series of films yeah. too. Um, I, I was reminded of a, a movie. I, I actually, even though it's probably a worse movie, I actually like more, which is uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, because I feel like that is also the point which in the. That? That's the one where it begins. The is that pre- Jason lives? The previous film, yeah, the previous film had, oh, had the fake Jason, and this one begins with Jason coming out of his grave oh, yeah. and being unambiguously a supernatural zombie right. invincible killer. And and I feel like they did the same thing in that movie as they do in this movie, or had they, they have the same mandate, which is like, all right, fuck it. The fans just want this one thing, we're just going to give it to him. Whatever will keep him killing babysitters. They want him in the hockey mask. They they don't want it to be a fake out. They want Jason Voorhees in a hockey mask. And and that's how this movie is. It's like they don't want some silver shamrock mask nonsense. Which I love Halloween 3, by the way. But they they want Michael Michael Myers' white mask, you know, Going after yes. young teenagers. Yeah, I feel like the, these two movies have that in common. And I think this one delivers on that without just trying to completely copy the first one. Where it's like, let's not try to redo the movie. It is basically, like if you break it down, yeah. it is pretty much the same It's It's back movie. to basics. Yeah. But that's like breaking down any movie and having it be, any killer movie and having it be the exact right. same thing. There's, this one is at least different enough where it can yeah. kind of exist on its own. It doesn't have to be tied with They, they do a pretty good job with it. I, and this is always the problem with kind of any franchise, but especially, I think more than any other franchise I can think of, the Halloween franchise. Yeah. In that this well, really... Well, that's like the timelines this, I was talking about. Well, yeah, and, and it's like this really should not be a franchise. Why? Because, like, there's nothing to the character. Right. That's the idea, right? It's super simple. There's almost nothing to it. In it's like making a Han Solo movie. Yeah, but it's, 
you know, that first movie is perfect, kind of, because of that. Yeah. But there's really nowhere to go with it. Every time you add an element to Michael Myers, it makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So they go deep into the druid stuff in the later films. Right. Anything. You just, you, any, any attempt to give him a character or emotions, just nothing makes it better. It only makes it worse, you know. Um, but this movie, probably because it is the first one that's just like trying to be a straightforward sequel, it, it does a better job of it than, than some of the later ones, so. Um, uh, well, uh, until Buster Rhymes enters the picture. Oof, yeah, that's the nadir of the, the franchise, in my opinion. Um, well, let's talk about, like, things that, like, we really liked about this movie. Like, like I do, actually do think there's some stuff that really works. Um, so, like, Why don't what, you start off so it jogs in my mind? Okay, so, like, when I... When I, I watched it, at, I think, twice. I watched it with commentary, and then I watched it just on its own just recently. Yeah. And the things that kept sticking out to me were not the good things. They were okay. Like, so if you well, I have bad things too. Um, but, but let's talk about the good stuff first. So I always think, and when I think of like the Halloween franchise, I think one really effective sequence in this is when Jamie gets lost on Halloween oh, yeah. night. Um, well, it's like babysitter murders. It plays on some urban legend absolutely. fear that everybody has. It is Oh, do you Losing know where a kid in the mall or something? Do you know where this movie was filmed? Yeah, Salt Lake City, Utah, or, oh, okay. or some, somewhere in and around Utah. Okay, so not California. No, because because this movie does an incredible. Not the Midwest, so it does do a good job. Yeah, it does an incredibly good job of evoking suburban Midwest, and um, yeah, that I always remember that. I mean, when I first saw this movie when I was very young, that's just an effective scary sequence, like a little girl being lost on yeah. Halloween night, walking through... It literally is that. Yeah, walking through back alleys, mm -hmm. and, and it's... Hearing there, noise. There's nothing overtly sinister about it, mm -hmm. but it does... And... and, and it's faithful to the spirit of what John Carpenter set up in the original Halloween because it was all about taking familiar, comfortable spaces mm -hmm. and turning them into places of dread and menace. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of us have had those experiences even as kids or as young, young people of you're out a little later than you usually are, or maybe you take a slightly different route home. Mm -hmm. You see familiar things from a slightly different angle. And that sequence really evokes that very particular creepy feeling. And so I was watching it very carefully this time, and um, I think it's very deliberate. Um, it, it, when she's lost, you always see the backs of houses back alleys, mm -hmm. the backs of garages. So these these familiar urban spaces or suburban spaces, but from an angle you don't usually you're not usually looking at them in the daylight hours. Yeah. And and at night in in darkness, uh, on Halloween, you know, when the barriers between mm -hmm. our world and the next are a little thin, um it gives those familiar things a kind of creepy ambiance. And I, I, I totally give it to the the director. Do you know his yeah. name off the top of your head? Roy Little. And, and everyone involved in, in that sequence, very well done. And, and nothing happens. Uh, she ends up finding 
Jamie and ev- everything's fine. Yeah. Um, so that sequence always stands out for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that too because it's like it takes something urban myth like that the first one didn't even touch upon. Yeah. But, but totally very much in it. Yeah, very just much like, in spirit. Just exactly. like in the third, or is it the second one where the kid bites the apple with a razor blade? Yeah, that's They're the like using one. all the conventions right. that are associated with the, hol- right. the holiday of Halloween. And it's also something that wouldn't have necessarily fit into the story of the original one either, because it's about Laura, who's a teenager. It doesn't, yeah. work, it doesn't work the same way when your main character is a teenager. Yep. Because Laurie goes to the front door, and she's banging on the front door, right. and they turn the lights out on. Right. So, yeah, I like that, too, yeah. Yeah, totally. so that I give to this movie. It's very well done. And I would also say um, standout sequences like that in otherwise maybe mediocre or, or less great Halloween films are kind of a, a part of the franchise because they have that scene in Halloween, not to get off topic, but they have that scene in Halloween 6, which is otherwise a pretty forgettable movie, uh, at the rest stop. Where he comes in, oh yeah, and and I think they do it again in the new yep, movie too. They do. So like you know, even in the not great Halloween movies, there I always is, think of that with Candyman. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's that scene where they go in the pub oh yeah, yeah. bathroom. Yeah. Oh well, not to get too <laughs> off topic, but yeah, we're in another franchise so, now. So I have one more, but okay. like, what's there? Is there anything particular you want to point out? Well, the main thing that that actually did jog my memory of something that made me like this movie, or that kind of stood out to me, and I didn't necessarily pick up on it right away, but I. Listening to the commentary, even him hearing the director explain like his approach to it made perfect sense to me, and I was like, "That's kind of why I think this fits in." He's talking about how he wanted everything; he didn't want it to be like handheld shot, mm. and wanted it to be because that's what I always think of the original Halloween. Oh yeah, is just well, like flowing shots, yeah. like really yeah. quiet. The score, of course, yes. But he was saying he didn't want, and I actually did notice there are a few handheld shots in it. So. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's mostly, like, POV shots, uh-huh. where it's, like, Michael Myers' POV. For the most part, he wanted the camera to be able to just kind of, like, slowly drift in and slowly drift out. Mm-hmm. And that's also something that the remake does, too. So mm-hmm. I think keeping that in mind, it wasn't just, like, let's slap this sequel together and get this out. No, it was you very... Clearly, there was a lot of thought into, like, the look of how yeah, It's very respectful of the original Halloween. It does not yeah. have that look. It just doesn't have the craft chops. Yeah. And, and, and like and I it said, has it, like melodrama soap opera yeah, elements. Yeah, there's too. a lot that distracts from it, but it's 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 very respectful of the original. Mm-hmm. It's, it's trying to to be true to the spirit of what John Carpenter. Yeah, that's why it's hard out. to talk about because it it's like it's nowhere near as close to right. You, you really do have Dwight to set, Little is not John no, Carpenter. No, you really do have to set that first but one is, aside. I do feel like it's in that vein. I do feel yeah. like it's kind of like keeping that spirit alive. So yeah. That's no. That's perfect. Well, the the no, other just kind of like the overall way it was filmed. The I other didn't even thing, notice that. Yeah, I think that's right. This, this it's almost of, like subliminal. Yeah, and this kind of goes along with that. And this is this is going to sound like maybe like I'm reaching for something to really praise about this film, but um, and I, I think they might mention it because I think I've listened to the commentaries too. They might mention this in one of the commentaries, um, but I do notice it when I watch the film. Is I love the opening title sequence. And yeah, the credit so I, I almost mentioned that too. Yeah, but I was like there's nothing much to say. Well, about it. it's the first time it's going to establishing. It's the, the first time they abandon the a uh, pumpkin trope. Oh yeah, that's uh, cool. which they would later go back to because yeah. in the in the first three movies, including Halloween three, they they have some variation on. Uh, what uh, is in Halloween three? It's know. digital. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yes. So they show a pumpkin, a famous credit yes. sequence. And then yeah, I didn't even think about that. There's a twist on, or a jack-o'-lantern, I should say, and there's a twist on it in the second third films. Yeah. This is the first time they abandon that motif. Yeah, they even do that in the new yeah. one, where it goes so, backwards. So what we get instead is um, what you you are are to assume is Midwestern. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is like establishing fields and but but it's but it's not necessarily the the locations we're going to be in in the movie. Right. It's it's um, farms, farmland, uh, plains, prairies, um, you know, farmhouses out kind of in the middle of you know the Midwest, kind yeah. of like what I mean. We're in the Midwest. Kind of like what uh, you know, it, very, it evokes that atmosphere, mm-hmm. and, and against a gray, overcast sky with a very somber kind of. Yeah, there's not much of a score. No, there's not much like of a, a score, and what there is hum. is kind of almost yeah, slow kind of ambient sound underneath everything, mm-hmm. and yeah, the movie. It's not like the movie takes place on a farm, mm-hmm. or or out in those spaces, but it kind of like brings you into like this kind of midwestern gothic, you know, attitude uh, that I think kind of simmers underneath. It's very Midwestern. That, that is reaching, but I, I agree I, with it. It is, but, you know, it's here. I've seen this movie enough that you do start to pick up on those things mm-hmm. after a while. Yeah, that's what I, like, when I rewatched very recently, all I kept picking up on was, like, all the little, like, things that didn't work. Well, let's, I, I know there is a lot of stuff that I like about it. Well, let's talk about what doesn't. Why isn't this a great movie, even though it might be a good one? You know what? What? What do you think? Like, what? What are some glaring elements to you that don't work about the film? Well, this is not always a deal breaker in horror movies. In fact, it kind of it works in the if it's a really talented and creative director, it looks very cheap. Yeah, it, feels, it definitely fits in with uh, the '80s. And I know the first Halloween was not an expensive movie to make, right? But, but this one looks, is also going for something a little more. There's action elements. Oh yeah, to it's it. bi- that's what. I, yeah, one thing is like everything's bigger. Yeah. Like Michael Myers doesn't just like cut a phone line if he wants you to be. No, he's like he's, he's right on the top of the a phone. truck. There's explosions. Yeah. He takes out. Oh, that's that's another element of the plot we didn't mention. He wipes out the entire police force of Haddonfield. So oh, yeah. the sheriff has to essentially deputize these good old boys um, who are, say that, who are standing down and standing by yeah. at the nearby uh, bar, and they all get their weapons, and they kill an innocent bystander trying to get... One guy did have a red baseball cap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think a couple me. of them did, yeah. <laughs> so it's got that whole thing going for it, too. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Overall, it's like... Even I feel like if I saw it in 88, which I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it feels very cheesy to me. So I always yeah. have to kind of like keep pushing those things out of it. Because yeah. I don't like to get caught up in like movie mistakes and bloopers like, and all that like, shit. Like, of course, uh, Loomis is constantly changing scar. Yeah. yeah. Like, that doesn't really matter to me. Right. But it is there. Uh, yes. So it kind of, it bugs me to a certain it's level. It's an element, I think, that keeps this movie firmly in the realm of mid-level yeah. Halloween sequels. And I know there's mistakes in the original Halloween, too. Right. But, but there's also a, an, an aesthetic there that yeah. kind of, you know, carries you. Well, there's it. like a homemade student film aspect yeah. kind of to the original one, or a feel to it. I know it's not yeah. a student film, but it yeah. feels like that. Um, but... Yeah, I, I feel like kind of like what they were reaching for, they weren't quite capable of getting there. Right. <laughs> Which is the case for a lot of these Like, games. the acting, 
I like Daniel Harris. I think she's fine in what this movie requires her to do. I wouldn't necessarily say like, wow, she's amazing. In I found her a little irritating in the You've way that... you always said that. Yeah, yeah. She's way more irritating in the next oh, one. Oh, I can't stand her in the second <laughs> one when she's the mute But thing, I thought, so I thought the, her sister, too, was... What's her Rachel. Rachel. I thought she was not very good either. Yeah, this is not... Uh, and then, like, like, none of the characters, I thought, it felt no. real or authentic or They anything. get the job done, it's fine. Yeah, they're yeah. there. But I feel like once that that's already been done, like, that kind of thing doesn't need to be brought forth. Like, you know, like, movie mistakes and bloopers. We don't need to carry that on as a tradition. Right, right, right. Franchise. right. <laughs> we now have a bigger budget, we have a franchise, and we have, can get bigger name actors or whatever. Yeah. We can go on different locations. We don't always have to have, we don't have to have that stuff. We can't keep excusing it. Because mm-hmm. I, I hate, like, bloopers and shit like that. And I, Because it's like, wow, you proved that it's a movie. Right. It means absolutely nothing. It's right. just like a little trivia thing. Right. But that stuff kept sticking out to me. So it's like, you can't completely put it out of your brain. Oh, so yeah. There's a lot of, like, little things that kept sticking yeah. out to me. And the story is not particularly interesting. No. Which also feels kind of weird because the first Halloween is not necessarily an interesting story. No. It's like the substance, or not the substance, it's the style of it. Yeah. Um, I, I just keep thinking it's like cheap and cheesy. If you yeah. re- If you really kind of like break it down, like draw the story arc, character arcs out on oh, paper, yeah. motivations and plot holes, there's a lot of shit in here that uh-huh. doesn't work like plot hole wise. Hmm. Um, and it wouldn't hold up coincidences. Michael Myers just being able to do anything. Yeah, I didn't like that's that. That's a that's that's a bad that's a that's bad an entire cheat. That's a bad turn for the franchise too, yeah. and it's something they would would not really be able to go back on. For and a you long can time. you can do that sometimes, but it felt like that was all he had. Yeah, basically, is he could just do whatever. Well, yeah, if he like touches like a. A transformer at the electrical plant, the whole fucking place blows up, right. and the entire town has no power. Yeah. Like, okay, now we're stretching it. Yeah. Because before it was like, he knew how to cut the phone lines before. Right. But now he can take out an entire town. Well, yeah, and there was that one point where, like, all the 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 good old boys, you know, were... The proud boys. They, I, I was trying to call them <laughs> that. They were uh, about to go into the school where he was, and at mm-hmm. one point they say, let the feds Candless, that's what they're for, and let's get out of here, guys. They're all, this whole army of armed guys are afraid of this one person because he's established himself as this, like, invincible super being, you know what I mean? It's like, eh, it's not really... Well, it's so far from an urban myth at that point. Right, yeah, it's like, he's some kind of, like, supernatural character, but not in, like, the kind of cool way that he was in the first movie just yeah. in a kind of like stupid way yeah. it, it does stuff, become... like, stuff kept standing out to me too and it's like even at the end when I see him on top of the truck you know they're driving away in yeah. the truck and he's like riding on top like he's like in a diehard movie right. or something and I was like what is this well and this, and this just comes back to like you what where do you go with the Halloween yeah. franchise like it's just uh, it's like yeah. I, I suppose it it can work like in that aspect, but like, I, but then it's like it's less interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean, but then if you don't do that, what do you have? You know what I mean? It's 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 tough. Um, it which is why I admire this movie because I mean I think they did a pretty good job with you know the the task they were. Did you notice that he was blonde yeah. at one point? I did. Yes, I think that's. <laughs> I always remember that one super. Um, yeah, I think we're on the same page too about what doesn't work. It's everything they layer onto. John Carpenter's simple formula from the mm-hmm. first film 
adds nothing. It, it, it's just more stuff. You know, Michael Myers yeah. being um, super-powered, I don't like. All it's, the soap opera stuff that we mentioned. It's like, who cares? Yeah, well, I, I, don't, I think that's the problem, though, because it's, like, it's more stuff. More stuff doesn't matter. You can add stuff to yeah. the mythology of it. But none of the stuff they add to it is particularly no, interesting. that's what I, yeah, everything, and it just feels like, even, yeah, the, the good old boys, and just everything that was layered on top of this just does not add anything to it. Mm-hmm. And even though there is a lot to admire about this movie, after, you know, once you get into about the 60 minute, yeah, I even agree. 40 or 50 minute point of its really pretty brisk 88 minute runtime, you're kind of starting to think, yeah, I kind of wish I was maybe watching the first one. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of a problem that I had with it watching it the last time, too. I feel like now we're just talking about terrible things about it. But yeah. I think one problem that it has is it does do a good job of establishing that mood of like being in a, a Midwestern town and being stalked by a babysitter killer. Yeah. Up until the point when they barricade themselves into the house. Right. Then I think they have a problem. Then it becomes like a different movie, basically. Yeah, that's true. And it doesn't... That's it, probably it, about it, where I started to get bored it with it. It doesn't feel like a Halloween movie at that point. Right. Because you're not, like, being reminded constantly of the atmosphere. It becomes like a one-location movie. Yeah. I know eventually they do break out, but then even right. after that, he's, like I said, he's on the truck. Yeah. It, like, I think it kind of really shifts gears once it gets to that point. That's the last thing that I thought when I watched it the last time. I was like, yeah. this is the part where it's like, they need to do something else other than this. Yeah, I think that's really an astute observation. Because now that you're saying it, I didn't pinpoint that while I was It is about, like, two-thirds into it. Yep, I think that's about the, the time doors. where I was like, okay, now it's just, like, invincible Michael Myers. It could easily just be Jason. Right. It doesn't exactly. need to be Michael Myers at this point. Exactly. Um, Not that it was, like tremendously different before, but at least you had the stuff that you were talking about, yeah. where it's like, you can see the atmosphere of it that f- does feel like overcast skies, yeah. Halloween decorations yeah. here and there, and now we're in a house, the power's out, Right. We're, it's a complete dark house, you're right, it could be anything, we could yeah. be hiding from Jason. Yeah, it could be, you could, you could plug Jason in at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's, I think you're exactly right, and, and unfortunately, it's not a place the franchise would come back from for for quite a while. Um, I can say, like, all, the Halloween movies are fun, but none of them are particularly, like, great movies. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some gems in there, but they, they come later. I don't know. What do you think is the Um I think the remake was really good. The one the that came out, like, two is, years ago. The remake is great. Um, we're on record, I think, as being fans of the Rob Zombie stuff. I think the most underrated movie in the franchise, now we're getting a little off topic, but it's Halloween. Let us talk about the Halloween franchise. Oh, Halloween 2. Is Rob Zombie's Zombie's Halloween 2, I think, is really under, criminally underrated. Um, The director's cut. Yes. It has to be the director's cut. Um, And then, you know, what came, Halloween, I think the first three have a lot going for them. Uh, yeah, I know you said five is pretty bad. I didn't think five was as bad as I had remembered. See, I it's feel not like as good five. As I feel I feel like five is it's like very similar. To it, it, they go together, um, and I'm sure we're not alone. And I always kind of like, wait, what happens in which one? Um, but I feel like five is like just all the mediocre, crummy stuff from this movie, and none of the, the five. Atmosphere. Five is like the leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you have really cheesy. Distra- now we're really talking about the franchise, but you have really <laughs> cheesy distracting elements to that one. Like, what is with the two cops and the goofy musical cue? Oh yeah. And then I hate Jamie Lloyd's. <laughs> wait, 
yeah, Daniel that's... Harris's performance as Jamie White. Yeah, I hate. Well, her what was she gonna do? As that kid when she's mute, when she's mute, yeah. I hate that. And that was that, a mistake. That little boy who befriends her is annoying too. <laughs> <laughs> the kid with the stutter, that's right. Oh, I hate that. Yes, so it's really bad. Yeah, you're right. It is. I think I've only <laughs> ever watched Halloween Five immediately after watching Halloween Four in like a marathon. All right, now I have to say that I'm rating all of these on a Halloween scale. Okay, so I'm not trying to say that they're fantastic. All right, well let's kind of. Start to wrap up our discussion of this with that. Where does this fall on just the Halloween, amongst the Halloween films, of which there are 11? Is that really? At least 11. I think See, 11. I didn't do my research on the first so I'd have to 11 go. 11 or 12. On, I'll have to go on my memory then. You know, this is like, the only stuff that stands out is bad. Hmm. Other than, like, this one. I think this one stands out for, like, the reasons we were talking about. Okay. Um... Five, uh, and you don't like three, right? You are on the, on the. My opinion on three is that it is not as good as most people say, and it's not as bad as most people say. That's probably I fair. Say, I say That's it gets it fair. gets way overrated because everybody comes in and says, "Sure, you know, it's attached to this franchise, so obviously it's not what you're expecting, so that's why you hate it." No, that's not true. Like, <laughs> There's other reasons I, to allow, like, There are a lot of reasons why I don't like Halloween 3. But yeah. I also don't think it's a terrible movie that right. like, sinks the franchise and it's like, well, you hate it. So right. I, I don't think you can take like a hard stance one way or the other. Which, of course, people do with that movie. Yeah. Because for so many years it was dismissed, it bombed at the time, yeah. and people kind of re-embraced it. Um, I my, my history with that particular movie and the franchise growing up was like my friend who introduced me to most horror films... I mean, we were kids. I, uh, I I was just told I could skip Halloween three, and I always did, and mm-hmm. I never watched it until I was an adult. But you can, and then and then I watched it as an adult. And I was, this this is great. This yeah. is a blast. I love this movie. So, um, but you're that's probably fair. Um, I think Halloween three is better than Halloween four, though. Yeah, I agree. Okay. <laughs> so you'd put this near the near the top. Yeah, I'd have to, like I said, the only one that I'm not super familiar with is Halloween 2. I've seen it multiple times, but not recently. I would put Halloween, the original, of course, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Halloween H2O, both Rob Zombie films, and the current, or the most recent Halloween film, all above this one. Yeah. So how many is that? Five? Above this one? Yeah, I would put all of those above this one. All right. Well, I so would... that puts this one at least like in the middle at best for me, which I think is about right. That's how I would okay. I would kind of put this like right in the middle. Some of those bad ones are pretty bad, though. Well, yeah, the things I would put underneath this would be Halloween Six, which I have a certain affection for, but it's not a good movie. Um, of course, Halloween Eight is dreadful, the Buster Rhymes film. Um, oh, yeah, see, like those ones, I get confused too. Halloween Five, but I guess. Five is pretty forgettable, but I don't say it's, like, terrible. But it's worse than this. Yes. So I guess those are the only ones I would put underneath this one. So, I mean, it's kind yeah. of, I guess, I guess my only four is kind of, like, the low middle. Really. Mine's not that different. Mine's would be, like, okay, the original one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Halloween 2, I don't remember that much, so I'm going to, like, take that as, like, it's not as good as I remember it being. Yeah. I'll say Halloween 4 after that. Or, no, I have to say um, the remake. I think the remake gets When you it. say the remake, do you mean Rob Zombies? Or the new no, one? No, I'd say um, David Gordon Green's. Okay. Um, the new one that just came out. Okay. 
Um, then I'd go... It's hard. Halloween 2, Rob Zombies. Yeah. Um, I would not put Rob Zombies' other Halloween movie, because I feel like there's diminishing returns on that one. So you'd put a ho- Rob Zombies' Halloween 2 above Rob Zombies' really? Uh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an exclusive. <laughs> this will be entered into the official uh, Dumpster Dive record that Jordan offici- Jordan's official ranking of the Halloween films, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, above Rob Zombie's Halloween. I'm not sure I even agree, but I, I, I'm in support of that. I love that. Well, I just feel like every... I love Rob Zombie. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. The whole reason why I wanted to watch those Halloween movies is almost not... I think that's the, the best thing he's ever done. It's for as a filmmaker. him as a director. Yeah. But... His movies, as I've been watching them, right. way off topic now, but... Oh, yeah, we're... It's, it's, just it's like, Halloween. We're going nuts. Just like, each one I see, is, I, I feel like it, it is diminishing returns. Like, it doesn't work yeah. the same way that it worked originally. I remember watching the, his original remakes. This is hard, because they have the same name, too, but Rob Zombie's first one in the theater, thinking, like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it the first time I saw it. Um, I watched it a few more times, and I still kind of liked it. I watched it recently, and I was like... This doesn't hold up. Mm, okay. So, and but I also haven't seen the second one as many times as I've yeah. seen that too. So maybe it would be the same way if I yeah. kept watching the second the, one. The director's cut of Rob Zombie's Halloween Two was a revelation. Yeah. When I saw it, I was it's like, good. It's good in the same way that this one is good, where it's just kind of like it does fit in that vein, but it's offbeat enough where it could be its own yeah. movie. Kind mm-hmm. of. I always think it's like a Rob Zombie movie, kind of growing out of the ashes of the <laughs> Halloween franchise, which yeah. he's deliberately trying to destroy during the course of the film. It's yeah. really interesting. And I wouldn't say it's great, but I would say it's, it's okay. Cool. Movie. All right. So back to your rankings. So by Halloween, where Halloween two, Halloween, the original Halloween, the recent. 2018 remake. Okay, I would agree with those of the top two. Halloween 4, or no, uh, sorry, I'm Halloween not betraying two. my, Halloween 2, then Halloween 4. So you put Halloween 4 above Rob Zombie's original Halloween 2? Kind of, yeah. Oh, wow. I think I would. Okay, so you rank this movie higher than I do. Or they'd be, they're, they would be close. Okay. Because, I don't know, I just, just recently, but the last time I watched Rob Zombie's Halloween... Okay, all right. Okay. I wasn't crazy about All it. Right. I feel like if I watched it so again, this is the I would fourth, like it even you, you would rank this fourth, the fourth best Halloween film. So you think this sure, is better? Sure, we'll You think this is better than Rob Zombie's Halloween? Okay. It's close, but... It's, Are we talking, like, technically No, it's just, like, your, your, your personal... Then I would say, yeah. Okay. Like, better than H2O. Oh, see, I forgot about H2O. H2O is really good, too. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to throw that one in the mix too. See, I'm not as <laughs> all right. So I think it's fair to say there's, a, there's about just as many good ones as bad ones, but this Halloween Four falls on the good side with me. I think it probably falls on the bad so, side with you. Yeah. So I think I forgot about H two H two does do something. So I haven't been keeping notes here. So I think it's fair to say Halloween Four we both put in the middle ish, but you put it in the Mine's high middle and I put it in the low middle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's where we come. That's where all the debates. Are. Well, the, to to kind of try to bring this a little bit back to the specific movie we we're discussing, kind of do our our kind of final thoughts. Halloween Two is uh, oh no wait. Um, well, when I watched it, the question I kind of posed to myself as a viewer watching it this time was, why am I watching this? Well, the reason I was so excited that you were picked this one is because I had always had a fondness for this one, partly because of the the genuinely good stuff in it, which we mentioned. We didn't even talk about the ending either. 
Yeah, well, we'll get, we can get into that. Let me let me finish this, so we can get into that if you want to. Um, but um, part of it was like the reason I always like this one is kind of because I feel like when I think of like Halloween the season and Halloween movies mm-hmm. and and maybe even like Halloween movies on TV that you might catch in the afternoon. Um, maybe like on AMC's Fear Fest or something. Yeah, this is one. If of I them. close my eyes, what movie is playing? It's Halloween four and five. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and if you turn, if you're like flipping through the channels and you see the those opening credits of Halloween four, yeah. you're gonna watch it all. Yes. Um, and you, maybe up until they get into the house. Yeah, yeah. You might watch all the way to Halloween five, uh, <laughs> but then you would regret it. But um. So like, so nostalgia plays a part. And the question I pose to myself is like, what percentage of my fondness for this movie is nostalgia, and what percentage is genuine quality in the movie? Mm-hmm. And going in, I was like, it's probably like fifty fifty. I think it's probably like seventy thirty, and seventy being nostalgia. I have to say, um, but but like I, I've described this to people before, is that like so when I discovered the Halloween movies, and when I got into horror, um, it was through VHS this golden age of, of video stores. So the Halloween movies that existed at that time were one through five. And I saw Halloween six in the theater, new. Mm-hmm. So my point is for a long time, Halloween four and five were the franchise. Yeah. Like Halloween one stood on its own. Halloween two was the unique picks up right where it left off sequel. I already said I skipped number three. So like when you just thought of like Halloween as a franchise you thought of four and five. Those are the movies where it's like, okay, it's not the original, but it's Michael Myers chasing people around. Yeah. They have the you know most I mean? content. Yeah, so so that was the franchise. So so for that reason too, I have like a real kind of nostalgic love for this movie, even though it's not one of my favorite of the Halloween films. Yeah. And and as a kid, I didn't necessarily um, have the taste level to like realize that, even though I always really liked it, it was really effective, that John Carpenter's Halloween was really something special. And I didn't understand where it sat in, like, the history of, like, Friday the 13th is basically a ripoff of that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I I always remember my thinking was, um, in terms of the three big franchises, Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers, Michael Myers was, like, number three. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think when I thought of that ranking... It's these middle movies that I was thinking of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I guess that's where I that's where I come down on it. I will always have a big fondness for this movie, but if I'm being like honest and objective about it, it's like seventy percent nostalgia, thirty percent <laughs> quality from the actual film. Yeah. But that that thirty percent, I think I'm more fifty fifty because yeah. it's like it totally it affects the way that. I go into it. Like, what I'm expecting out of it that time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times if I watch it during October, I just want a fun Halloween movie. But don't you think... And it delivers on that? Yeah. But don't you think, like, that's when you have to watch this movie? It has to be in October. It has yeah. to be... That's why Halloween movies are right. great. It has to... The best way to watch this movie is in an actual marathon of movies. Maybe all the Halloween movies, maybe, like, just similar movies. But it has to be, like, in the middle. Right, like, like it doesn't. You don't want to kick off your marathon with this movie. You don't want to end with this movie. It like it's the one that's kind of on in the afternoon, or maybe as the afternoon turns into evening. Yeah. You know, that's that's my take on it. I, you know, I maybe don't 
you know, maybe some people like it more, maybe some people like it a lot less, but that's kind of where I come down on it. I, I guess I feel like, like you said, this one has a cult following. Um, I feel like, like, is it underrated? Is it overrated? I feel like it's about right rated. You know what I mean? Like, people like it. It's not a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. I feel like that's about right for me. Any other, what are your, what's your kind of, any other final thoughts on it? Or <laughs> I feel like I, I've, um, I don't know. And I was trying to remember because you may forget what I was going to say. I went on too long. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Oh, you can talk about the ending, though. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the ending. Um, so, spoiler for uh, however old this movie is, several decades old movie. It came out in 88. Yeah. So, at the end, um, the aforementioned uh, psychic bond between Jamie and yeah. Michael. For all the audience knows, Michael's dead because they right. killed him, even though right. know, obviously he's not dead, but whatever. Um then Jamie is taken back to her foster home. We think everything's fine. And then, because throughout the movie, Jamie's been wearing the little clown costume. Oh, yeah. Michael wears at the very beginning of the first there's, And there's a lot of little, little nice nods. Little like, there's a lot it. of little nods, nice little nods like yeah. that. Yeah, this one, this movie, Halloween 4, did have Halloween in mind and didn't have, uh, I always think like the Friday the 13th movies are like, not disrespectful in a way, but more just kind of like, you know, whatever. Let's right. Just, let's make a Friday the 13th right. movie and have fun with it. This was a little more respectful yeah. to the Halloween franchise. Um, but once they get everybody back home and they think the dust is all settled and Michael's gone and they're all, like, bloody, like, okay, let's they survive. sit down on the couch. It's like, we're fine. Yeah. All moment. Like when the girl's floating in the middle of the pond at the end of Friday the 13th. Yes. And the beautiful music swells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it doesn't happen like that. But then um, uh, Jamie's adopted mom is, like, drawing her a bath. And mm-hmm. Jamie goes upstairs. And then you see, from Jamie's perspective, now we're in her POV, pick up a scissors, and it's recreating the scene mm-hmm. at the beginning of the original one. And she kills her. We're assuming right. she kills the mom. We don't see right. it, but... She kills the mom. And then she's there standing up at the top of the staircase, and they're all screaming like... Oh my god, now she is the young yeah. Michael Myers and the cycle is repeating. And, that's and Dr. Loomis is about to shoot her. Yeah. And they stop her from doing that. And he screams no like five times. Yeah. And it's it's so super cheesy. Like, great. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then it just zooms in on uh, Jamie, like just breathing heavy. Yep. And it, and that's how Cut it cuts. But what a great ending. That's though. it's so good because it's Yeah, like, I agree. It's not like I mean, it is soap opera cheap, but it's not it's in a way where they wanted to take the franchise and just, like, let's try something new that fits in with the spirit yeah. of it and not just say, like, okay, movie's over. Right. It was more kind of like a handoff. Like, I heard that this director didn't want to do any other one. He'd been asked to do some yeah. of the following ones. He was like, no, let somebody else yeah. kind of, like, have a take at it. Yeah. Because I always like that aspect of it where it's like, let's leave it almost like you write yourself into a corner, but not really because it could, you could do anything. You like throw that. some possibilities out there. Yeah, you could just kind of leave it vague enough, basically, right. where it could kind of go in any direction. Yeah. So if another, the next director wants to pick up on this thread, he can. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, he doesn't have to. So it's like kind of shocking, even though I watched it this time. I'm like, it's pretty obvious because you see her point POV. Mm-hmm. I always remember the part with her like standing on top of the stairs mm-hmm. being kind of like, you know, shocking. Right. Because it's, it's like recreating that first scene, but yeah. now we're in 1988. Right. So now we're in the 80s and we're at a horror movie right. and she's like covered in blood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 Michael yeah. Myers. Uh, it, so it's a little bit kind of an, not a little bit of an homage to that, but I mean it's kind of like an updated version mm-hmm. of that. So I don't know. That, that ending always sticks with me. And yeah, I agree. That, I think that sticks with a lot of people. Yeah. It might be kind of like the foolish thing where it, like 
the last scene is awesome, even though your rescue movie is trash, so it kind of fools you into thinking that the right, movie is good. Right, right. Whatever. It, well, it does and, what it does. And it I also, it like, beyond just, like, setting up possibilities for upcoming films, it also is just a satisfying narrative yeah. because of it that was, ending. Well, yeah. That's if it had just been, like, and maybe Michael Meyer is, is still out there, the end, question mark, it wouldn't have been as satisfying. That's what I mean but by like, not being disrespectful. Like, it, it could have been the last Halloween movie. Like, yeah. they could have stopped. You know what I mean? Which is kind of what you want to do. You want to make it like, well, if they never make another one, this is like a satisfying conclusion. But if they want to make another one, here's some possibilities, Mm -hmm. you know? So it is, they do nail the ending. I would, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And I read that, this has nothing to do with anything else, but I read that John Carpenter, before he totally like said, whatever, fuck Uh this, I'm out of here. He wanted Joe Dante. That was his pick to make Halloween for Boy, that would only imagining. Yeah. Weird. God, that would have been interesting. I don't even know if that's true or not. Right. But that's what I read. Right. I read that Joe Dante was John Carpenter's pick, and then once they said like no to that for whatever reason, yeah. I don't think it was because of Joe Dante. Right. But for whatever reason, then it's like he was like, "Yep, done." I would have liked Joe Dante to make two Halloween movies. Cause have the second be like Gremlins. Have the second be like he would Gremlins two the franchise. Mm-hmm. That I would have enjoyed. Rob Zombie almost. He kind of Gremlins two the franchise a little bit. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, perfect. I'm glad you did mention the ending because I wasn't necessarily going to explicitly talk about it, but it's great. I'm, there's not a lot to say about it, but I, that's why I mean, like, that it's not disrespectful because it is, it's, it works in terms of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it works as an end to that particular movie. And it could work also as an end to the franchise. And it could also work as, like, a spin off yeah. point for something else. So. It's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's really smart. Um, yeah. I, I, will, I won't take that away from it. Um, all right, so that's Halloween Halloween 4. I recommend it as a part, uh, although probably not the centerpiece of your Halloween marathon. There's, like, um, conditions. Like, only during October, and you have to watch it with in something other else. Something yeah, has to be with it. Can't it. Be and you have to have a chaser. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I think that's fair. Meant. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. So that's where we are on uh, Halloween 4. We're seeing. And the franchise. We're seeing, and definitely a lot of fun to talk about. Um, but uh, I'm glad I watched it. For me, it was kind of the kickoff of my Halloween season. Um, but if we're ready to transition into the Beyond the Dive segment, or did you have any any other behind-the-scenes stuff? You talked a little about about the director from the commentary. No, I, mean, I kind of mentioned what I knew as we went there. along. Um, so we can we can transition into our, our Beyond the Dive. You, d- I, I will confess I do not have a horror-related... Uh, uh, items to discuss, um, but you do. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first with mine? This is our Beyond the Dive, where we talk about other things we're watching, other than the featured uh, movie we've just been discussing. Um, you can go, and then I'll bring it back to horror. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I um, like I said, Halloween 4 has kind of, for me, I... It I'm, won't be the ending like Halloween yeah. 4, but... Yeah, I've, tried to bring to, it I've been slacking on watching the horror-related stuff. So um, Halloween 4 is kind of the beginning of my Halloween season. But I did see a really good documentary. Uh, I, I, I was actually blown away by how much I like this. Um, sure. I knew I would like it, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And that was a documentary called Feels Good Man. Have you heard about this documentary? <clears throat> it does sound familiar. Okay, do you know... Is it recent or is it an older one? Recent, brand new. Okay. Um, and I think it's on Amazon I must Prime. have heard somebody mention it, because it, yeah. it does sound familiar. It, um, okay, so what it's about is, do you know the Peppy the Frog meme? 
Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah. Okay, good. Then this will be a lot easier to explain. <laughs> I would not have... I mean, known. I'm not like... I couldn't tell you the backstory of it. Yeah, I would not have out. known the Peppy the Frog meme, except that I actually had known the comics and the cartoonists that the meme was taken oh, okay. from. Um, and I, I don't know. I peripherally knew that this artist was, like, unhappy with how this meme was being used and had even brought some legal actions against people and was trying oh, to make claims. So you knew more about it than I. I just, yeah. like, know it in my brain. Just like, like being a, it. Yeah, just like being a comics guy, that's the only reason I knew it. I've never encountered the Peppy meme on the oh. Internet or anything, personally. That's but funny, because I've, like, only seen the okay, other side of it. Good. Then this is... Then I'll be able to explain this movie to you. So what um, Feels Good Man is about is it's essentially the history of this meme. Um, and How long the, is it? It's the documentary. <laughs> I think it's like it's probably less than two hours, probably an hour and a half, okay. um, maybe two hours. And why did you watch it? Well, because uh, it just seemed like because I'm like a big comics guy, and, I, okay. and again, I knew the comic. Um, which I didn't was, know that he had comics roots. Oh, oh yes, memed it. So um, the artist is Matt Fury. I watch it just because I'm I like comics, and it seemed to okay. be the comic book film of the moment, like a, like a sort of decent comp film about a real cartoonist. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, okay, this seems like the one I should watch, and I figured I'd enjoy it, because I always like stuff about comics and cartoonists, um, but it was so good. Um, so, the Peppy the Frog meme came from a, a, a small, independently published comic book called Boys Club. The cartoonist's name is Matt Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, Boys Club is essentially like anthropomorphic funny animal stoner humor is how I would explain it. I actually have Peppy's first comic book appearance. Um, I tried to find it after the documentary, but I couldn't find it in my archive. Oh, so you're trying to plug this movie so that it's famous. So. <laughs> well, no, I, I kind of, I think it's, uh, Peppy's as famous as he's going to get. But, Is that like a Beavis and Butthead kind of Yeah, that kind of humor. Okay. That that's kind of stoner. That's always what I kind of associate. Kind of boys humor. Okay. Um, so it started out as fairly innocent stoner humor. Um, and that's where Peppy came from. He there was it was a frog character. There was a wolf character. I forget what else was was in there. Um, but it was goofy, inconsequential, you know, independent alt comics. Yeah. Um, and then the meme eventually became adopted by white supremacists and the alt right as a kind of symbol, and it actually got put onto the hate symbol, like, registry, as, like, this, wow, something... What was it, like, a, like um, the Union flag, or... Well... Like, what, what did it represent? Well, see, this is what's going to be tough to explain, because it's, like, it, it's difficult to explain exactly what... See, I don't know what in that kind of... Yeah, it, it, it's difficult to explain exactly what the Peppy the Frog meme means to the alt-right and to white supremacists, but they did eventually kind of adopt it as, like, a mascot, I guess I would say. Now, there's nothing inherently racist or white supremacist-y about the image, or certainly the comic. Right. Um, It's like having Mickey Mouse. Yeah, but, but for whatever complex series of reasons that a meme evolves and is adopted by various groups, uh, which the movie details, which is fascinating, um, this meme ended up being a symbol of these hate groups and the alt-right, um, which understandably upset Matt Fury, 
uh, who at, at various occasions... Was probably not a white supremacist. Re- not at all. <laughs> quite the reverse. He's like a yeah, like hippie. You know? so he, and, and at various points, he tried to kind of wrestle Pepe back from these people. But the, once the meme is out there, once it means certain things to certain people, how do you get that back? So I was fascinated by this movie because, for one thing, like one of my like personal interests beyond just comics and cartoonists in general, is, like, giving cartoonists credit for their work. Uh, So this happens all the time on the Internet. Like, people take comic book panels and images out of context and just post them and don't say who the artist is. Mm -hmm. Usually it's pretty benign and innocent, but this was a case of that happening for really kind of nefarious reasons. Um, so it was fascinating on that level, and just the whole history of how the how a meme in general evolves, and how this particular meme kind of passed through various online communities, including some really like toxic male masculinity on on 4chan, which sounds horrifying, mm-hmm. um, was just fascinating to me. It's just like a cultural document. So I got a lot more than I was expecting out of this movie, which I what thought was What kind of time period does it cover? Like, when did Matt really um, create it? Well, I think Boys Club, I'm actually just trying to think when I would have got the comics. So I feel like it would have been the early 2000s. Okay. And I feel like, I was actually just kind of browsing this today to refresh my memory. I think like, maybe like, even like, maybe maybe like 10 years later, the Peppy thing really started to take off as, at first, a benign meme. And then it... it, it for whatever series of complex reasons, became associated with the alt-right. Um, so, if that stuff <laughs> sounds interesting to you, which, to me, it's fascinating, um, I would check out this documentary. It's, if you're interested in cartoons and comics specifically, you should watch it. But also, if you're interested in, how does a meme evolve? Where do memes come from? You know what I mean? Um, it, it's fascinating. It's mm. truly fascinating. Like, I think you could make a movie like this about all different, any meme, any of the popular memes we see. Like, where did this come from? What was the original intention of this? Do you know anything about the How did it become this other thing? I don't. I looked up no. the name just before we did this with this. Arthur Jones is the director of the documentary. Um, I don't know if this is his first movie. I don't know if he's done other stuff. Mm. But, um, it's, and also it's just a really well-made film. I actually thought it was, like, really moving and really cool and it kind of ends in a you know, sort of hopeful but kind of ambiguous place. It's not like Matt Fury um, obtains some big victory and wins the character back, if that would even be possible, you know, at this point. Um, But it just, it really touches on a lot of issues that really America is dealing with now, with, like, this kind of underground toxic internet culture that I think a lot of us didn't realize was there and that is now kind of being brought to the surface. Where'd you watch it? Uh, I believe it is available on Amazon Prime. Um, is that where you watched it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, or on Amazon, whatever. Um, so, Feels Good Man, directed by Arthur Jones. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's sort of scary because the alt-right is kind of scary. What's happening to our country right now is kind of scary. So it kind of goes into sure. horror. Um, but I, I, suspect yeah, you, I suspect you have a more... Um, explicitly horror-related pick. <laughs> Mine sounds dumb now. <laughs> well, I've just been watching horror movies in October, so yeah. it was going to be horror. Almost, well, yes. obviously, but my 
been trying to watch one that I haven't seen every day. Cool. An like, admirable in, goal. In years before, I would just watch like as many as I could. Right. Whatever. This Old is just like. Favorites. Yeah, and this I, I probably will eventually. We're only on like day nine, I think. So we probably I probably will eventually right. watch ones that I like. I watched Halloween before. Right. But the one that stands out was the very first one that I watched. With, I don't know if you've seen is the remake of The Blob. No, I haven't. I saw that you watched that. Which is. I, I went into it because I knew it was Chuck Russell, the director, and I, he co-wrote it too, who did um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which okay. is probably one of the best ones, and he also did The Mask, yes. which we've talked about before. Yes, we did a double we did a double feature um, episode on our old yeah. podcast about those two films. Yep, So, and this one I found out was co-written by Frank Darabont, who's done uh-huh. a lot of good, Yeah, know, started out, um, he didn't start out with The Walking Dead, but he started at the beginning of the season with The Walking yep. Dead. Um, uh, Shawshank Redemption, yeah, Mile, Mist, uh, Mist. yeah, he does a lot of Steamy King stuff. Um, it was co-written by him, and it was that's why I watched it because I was like, well, "This is kind of a I'd never seen it before." But yeah, I, I don't really. I always, I always heard good things. You haven't seen it? You said no, mm. I'd always heard good things about it. So I was like, "Okay, this is a safe bet." Yeah, this isn't just like some random one like that I've never seen before. Right. This is like I've never seen. It, I've kind of always wanted to see. It. Right, and it's it's pretty awesome. Huh? It's. Like, it's a perfect little movie. You could tell, like, Frank Darabont and Chuck uh, Russell put, like, a lot of thought into, like, how the story was constructed. Uh-huh. Like, the little setups and payoffs that happen, and the ending is great. And, hmm. um It's just, like, a total gross-out um, movie that uses mostly practical effects. And it was made in the 80s? Yeah, it was, um, I think it was 86. Okay. Um the, it's kind of just an excuse to have a lot of gross-out special yeah. effects, which, honestly, I'm not even that super into. Right. Like, I'm not, like, a gross-out fan. Yeah. I I can take it or leave it, but mm-hmm. it's not really, like, the thing I go into it for, but I just thought it looked so cool. Yeah, really well, there's a lot great. of movies in that period that are like that, just great showcases for practical special yeah. effects. The Thing, Martin John Carpenter. Yeah. Like another remake of a, an old... Fly. Uh, the Fly. Oh, yeah. Yep. I know, yeah, these are all... <laughs> yeah, okay, so that was kind of a trend, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it, it uses kind of like... The only thing that doesn't work, I think, is like they use optical effects where they use like tricks in the camera to mm-hmm. try to like... That stuff never ages as well. Oh, it didn't... Yeah. It just didn't work, and every time they tried it, like I totally applaud them like going for that, and it was totally the beginning of all that stuff, too. Yeah. Where they, it, they're kind of using the computer, but not really. Yeah. They're more like using... They're called opticals. It's just like tricks... With the camera, I mean, like, right. kind of like matte paintings, right? Like basically that, right? It's like superimposing things, right. little layers, right? Every time they did that, there's a scene where the blob, like, as a big hand, almost like swats a guy like a fly, uh-huh. and then it picks up, and the guy's like flat. And uh-huh. It almost looks like a cartoon, right? Like it just looks so bad. You're like, oh, I wish that was not in right, cool right, right, movie. Right. But every time it's a practical effect, like right. there's a guy that gets sucked down into a drain. It looks so cool. It's like you couldn't even believe how they did wow. it. Wow. So is it like, um, is it kind of tongue in cheek? Yes. Okay. It's, it's very much. It's very much like. You've seen the original, yes. of course. It totally takes that movie okay. and makes it into like an 80s splatter. Okay, invasion so movie. it's true to the spirit there's of also, the original film. There's also like a quarantine government aspect, oh, too, which I didn't realize before going into it. Okay. But yeah, it, no, they totally know exactly what they're doing, and that, that reminds me of the best part of it, too, is the kids, it takes place, part of it is in a theater, where the kids go to see a movie they're not supposed to see. They uh-huh. go to see some, I think it's like the... Garden Tool Killer uh-huh. or Massacre. So, like, it's totally silly. Yeah. And the movie that you're watching is kind of silly, too. 
Which is, is like the in the original. Yeah, but it's like deliberately goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, but they they edit it into the blob, whereas like you don't realize this is the movie that they're watching. Like you see a scene and then it cuts to a different scene and it's the movie. Okay. But it totally like fits in with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the characters start saying lines that are like ridiculous. You're like, what did we just turn <laughs> into? And then it cuts out and you see the kids sitting in the theater watching it. You're like, uh, oh, that's right. They were going to go see that movie earlier. Uh, like, oh, okay. that's such a good little trick that they uh-huh. put in there. But it was like that moment where I'm like, oh, they knew exactly what they were doing when they yeah. were making this movie in so, terms of the tone. So is it at all like an actual remake or is it completely a new story? It's pretty much a remake. Story. No, it's pretty much a remake. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not super familiar with the original So it comes, original from, comes from space and a meteor? Oh, actually, that part is different, okay. but that's the, that's a twist. Okay. Originally, yeah, you think it is. Um, the, I get spoilers, whatever. This yeah, was, that's fine. This is an 80s movie. Yeah. It was a government experiment that was shot up into space. That kind of, like a bacteria oh, okay. that kind of grew into something. Okay. And, it, like, it just kept growing, and then it came back down. Like, it was... Okay. Attached to basically like a satellite. Got it. So through most of the movie, they think that's what it is, just a meteor that landed. Yeah. And it's well, like, that could have been what it was in the original. Right. Day. That's what. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it could. It's basically the same story. Mm-hmm. It's something comes from out of space. Yeah. And then it starts growing, and it won't stop growing, and it keeps mm-hmm. consuming people. Cool. It's it's, a, it's such a great little monster movie. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because it actually like that's one that like oh I would love to watch that. Uh, it's always been like in the back of my mind. Like I always knew about it. Yeah. But then I started looking more into it. I was like oh how haven't I seen this? Yeah, I think I um I've always just been peripherally aware of it, but it's probably not one I would have made a point of you know seeking out. Yeah. I feel like I don't hear people talk about it as much these days. No. Um, but it sounds. Like I, I a just lot of saw, I, I love I love the first one so I think I saw it just because I saw it uh, Screen Factory did some release of it oh, okay yeah so and then I saw it was Chuck Russell I'm like oh that's right I knew it was Chuck Russell and then I started putting it all together wow. like oh I gotta see that now. well that's a perfect Halloween pick that's a lot better than though did uh, I say I reined it back in like, yeah you did I'm glad <laughs> we ended with yours uh, rather than my uh, pretentious uh, documentary. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, that sounds awesome. I definitely want to check out. So, uh, all right. Well, anything else before we get back to uh, watching our own horror movies? And, uh, <laughs> no, that's get right from talking about them. All right. Well, um, I guess that wraps it up. Um, Halloween Four, The Blob. Um, what did I talk about? Feels good, man. <laughs> you don't even remember. <laughs> uh, you can watch Feels Good Man in November, but check out these horror movies uh, in October. I think that's what Jordan and I are going to get back to doing. And uh, everyone, have a safe and great Halloween as much as you are able, given your circumstance. And uh, we'll be back soon to talk about maybe another horror movie. We don't have to just talk about horror movies in October. Um, Or maybe something completely different. Maybe a documentary. Maybe a documentary. We haven't done that yet. No. Um, But whatever we decide to talk about, uh, you guys will hear it on the dumpster dive. Until then, uh, we'll see you later. Happy Halloween. Goodbye.